The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Half of Team Reba Remax Metro East Side, and today is going to be a slightly different version of our show because. Unfortunately, I do not have with me today my co-host, Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Uh, Eric's out uh, not feeling well at the moment, so we still wanted to make sure that we brought good content to all of our listeners out there. So I am doing a call-in myself, and um, this is going to be a slightly different kind of show because it's going to be a mix of new and old information. And when I say old information, basically we decided that it would be a good option for us to rerun a show that was from uh, earlier this year where we had Cameron Smock uh, from Bonnie Watson on our show. And um, Bonnie Watson, for any of you who don't know, is a local funeral home. Um, Cameron is the president and CEO of that company. And at the time that we had him come on, uh, you know, we're all about planning when we talk on this show, because we always like to say we like to go slow to go fast in a lot of different areas of, you know, getting your financing ready, getting your credit prepared, uh, how you're going to set up looking for homes and really thinking about the things that are important to you. But there's a whole lot of other life issues that we try to talk about on this programming. And people passing away is uh, an area where a lot of people aren't necessarily super comfortable um, so we are actually in the process, I've mentioned this a couple of other times, we're in the process of reaching out to a lot of estate attorneys and family law attorneys, trying to put together a series coming up for our listeners that will touch on a lot of different types of subjects that sometimes families aren't always so great about talking about. Um, and, you know, we've joked around here on the show about how, you know, I'm back in the dating field and the conversations I'm having with people as I meet them. Uh, are also about what that looks like when you may have a family blending together with another family and what that planning looks like. And these are all important issues in today's world, Um, you know, and I don't know if he'll appreciate me saying this or not, but I know my co-host is going to be having some new planning of his own as he very recently also just got uh, engaged. So, you know, these are topics that we think are timely. There's certainly things that we know impact us and, and I can, for a fact, tell you, talking to all my clients, it's something that impacts them on a regular basis because we work with all manner of individuals going through, you know, just buying single, buying a first home together as a couple, sometimes married, sometimes not, um, you know, with family, uh, you know, families blending together inside of a house, multi-generational. I mean, there's so much different planning that goes on um, that you really have to, to think about what you're doing. And often people just kind of jump into things. Um, But an area that you really want to have prepared is if you have the loss of a loved one. And there are a lot of things that you can be doing in advance. I was actually very thankful back when my father passed that I had a lot of family members that, you know, had done some of their own planning. And that was helpful and useful. My mom had to go through that process herself. Um, So 
we're going to replay that show in the uh, final three segments of this hour of programming. And we hope that you'll learn something from it, take away some good tidbits, and also be able to implement that in conversations in your own lives. Even if you're not doing something right away, at least it will get you thinking and maybe having conversations and then looking into the things that um, might be important. Uh, we definitely don't want it to sound like it's a macabre subject either um, because I'll tell you personally, uh, you know, we've talked on the show a lot about making sure to take good personal responsibility for being safe, um, you know, when you're out and about. Um, I personally, after the Thanksgiving weekend, um, was a little distressed to discover eight family members of my own have come down with COVID. And it seems like everyone is recovering fairly well at this time. So, you know, knock on wood that that continues to be the case. Uh, and they're all in other states. They're not anybody who I personally went around and my, my clients and my staff and everyone else is safe. But um, it was a definite wake-up call because prior to that, I'd had friends impacted. Um, one of my staff had somebody in his family uh, pass away very early on. And that's another reason why we, we thought about this subject back when we did it in April. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not to be trifled with. And so, you know, we, again, as always, want to bring good content to our listeners. And we hope that you'll appreciate this. And if you have questions or you have subjects that you would like us to cover, by all means, uh, you can always send us an email at info at teamreba.com. I also want to thank our listeners out there who've been reaching out to us lately. Uh, we have a very broad list of uh, general contractors, plumbers, uh, inspectors, uh, electricians. I mean, you name it. We have a list that fluctuates roughly to about 80 to 100 companies that we refer to every year. Uh, crawl space, uh, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, house cleaners, window and gutter, you know, anything and everything that has to do with the home. And we've had more and more of you starting to reach out and asking us for some of those resources. And we're happy to oblige that. That's something actually that I've, uh, for the last 18 years, been supplying for my clientele. And, and that includes even for, you know, investors. We've got property management companies and a number of other people uh, who, who work with the process of, you know, dealing with rentals and what have you. And we're, we're building out even more relationships in the commercial sector as well. I've recently placed a, a few referrals. And we have people who are moving out of the area. If you weren't aware, I have a national network uh, that I have been building for the last 18 years. And so if you're considering moving to another area or you have family in another area that you want to make sure that they've got good representation, well, we can certainly help you. Uh, so, again, info at teamreba.com, and we'll be happy to get you that whatever details you need for whatever area it is that you're looking for. And uh, just in case you were curious about what Eric can do, as a person working within HomeBridge Financial, he also has the ability to do lending, I believe, in most of the 50 states. So, again, you can also get a hold of him at eric at ericismybanker.com, and he will be happy to let you know what his options are for you. Um, so, with all that out of the way, and before we get into the information that will be with Cameron Smock over at Bonnie Watson, um, I, I'm just going to remind all you listeners out there that if you're purchasing a brand new home, 
please get a home inspection. I'm going to give one of my great uh, actual in-the-process client interactions that's happening right now. have a lovely, lovely older gentleman that I'm working with uh, who has been in the same house since the late 1990s, bought it brand new construction, and back then did not have the home inspected. Well, now he's about to sell this property, and we're getting all the preparations completed. We've been working for several months, actually. And, and, and that's only delayed partly because, you know, other life things are going on for him too. So he does this, you know, work as he can get to it. And we also have had to provide uh, resources for him to help with, you know, sprucing up the landscaping. Uh, we had conversations about crawl space cleanup uh, because he had not been in his crawl space in quite some time. And come to find out when they did go down there, there was definitely, and this is something that happens on a wide number of home sales, um, went down into the crawl space and found, sure enough, you know, rodent activity. And since that comes up on so many properties, and if he wanted to get maximum price, we said, well, you know, let's get that cleaned up now while you have a chance to, you know, get some price quotes. And you have an option of who you're picking instead of it being a focus on time. So when we did that and he chose who he was hiring, they went in to pull the insulation out, and lo and behold, we found that there was an issue around windows not having been properly flashed and water for the last 30 years, 20-some years, um, has been coming in during heavy rainstorms and uh, going into the walls and down into the crawl space and causing rot. So I just want to remind you, that it is a good practice to have your home checked at least every five years. You know, if you haven't done it recently, it's definitely worth having looked at. You'd be amazed at the number of little creepy crawly guys that love to think that your home is just as inviting and warm and safe as it is for you. And uh, this is once again, a situation where that came up, but it also then highlighted other things that were happening, uh, and in this case, quite unusually, um, because he had kind of the Cadillac of insurance, it is being covered by some of his insurance. But I do want to tell you, listeners, that typically this is not an insured item. Because it's wind-driven rain and it's considered like a flooding type of situation, we've talked about this on the show before. If you go back and you find shows that we've done with Threshold, Nosh, and Dwell with Gerald Venter, Frequently not a covered item, but he was paying for the Cadillac level of insurance, and so it is going to be uh, partially covered by his insurance policy, which is a pretty outstanding thing and not very common. If you're concerned about whether or not your home would be covered, you probably want to go back and take a look at your policy or talk to your insurance provider and find out. And it's also a good thing to you know have your home looked at. If you bought a new construction and you never had it inspected, still worth taking a look at and finding out if that is something that you need to go and have addressed because it's always better to get ahead of it than to let it go for long periods of time. So that is going to be my number one thing to give you as my advice this week. And when we have Eric feeling better and we're able to get back into the studio, we are looking forward to being able to bring some more fantastic content for all of you. And uh, I'm going to give up the rest of this time uh, to what I thought was a really, really great program with Cameron Smock from Bonnie Watson. 
Um, everyone, stay safe out there. Uh, we know that there's a lot going on. Be adaptive like we're having to be today and putting this show together. And uh, we thank you, as always, for listening to Open House with Team Reba. And we'll be back with you next week. Everyone take care. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from ericasmybanker.com. And I'm Reba from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing you information on real estate and finance. Yeah. And you and I, I mean, we both um, have been working with a lot of mutual clients. Mm-hmm. Our desks are, you know, full of uh, some very fast, Definitely fast full transactions. Definitely paperwork. You know, we're seeing closings in two weeks, three weeks, mm-hmm. and 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 folks, if 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 you're getting into that market, can I just say we really need you really need to be a fully underwritten, fully approved yes. borrower, please, please, please. Yes. And what's the difference there? You know, between uh, your standard pre-approved borrower and a fully underwritten file, you know, it's a huge, significant difference. Mm-hmm. Not every lender will do it. But if you're fully underwritten, that means that you've provided your lender with all your income and mm-hmm. asset documents. They've verified employment. They've done everything in the processing of your loan as far as they, they can go before you found your property. Mm-hmm. So that when you do find that property, we can move really, really quickly. Well, and we had that come on a multiple offer situation just this week, which was mm-hmm. very helpful because we could have a three-week or potentially even mm-hmm. faster closing, right. which was very um I'll just say palatable to that seller because they'd already moved on. Right. Right. They are the, the property was vacant and they really were looking at both price as well as how quickly it could close. Yeah. So they could just move on to another part of their lives. Close now. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to close that next chapter. So mm-hmm. it was uh, critical in how they were being reviewed and the overall terms of things. And I will say if you are the purchaser and you're working with your agent, make sure your agent knows what those things mean. And then on top of it, can your agent explain that to a listing agent who might also be new? Right. Because I will tell you, we lost out on a transaction and that brand new agent really didn't understand a lot of things. And we do think there's a potential that her sellers, rather than her being advocate and educator to them, they were focused only on one factor. And me and another agent had actually done pre-inspections which is, we always say, two things that cancel deals, that kill deals are financing and inspections. And inspections come first, typically. Right. Right. And we had a couple of people who went above asking price, did pre-inspections, ready to go. And interestingly enough, when I had a follow-up conversation with that other agent, because we saw each other at the house, he called me up and he said, did you see it went pending inspection? Mm-hmm. And I went, no, I had not seen the status change yet. And we found that interesting that they looked at some other term versus mm-hmm. the you know reju- reduction of risk, basically, of a cancellation via the inspection. Interesting. And even though yeah. the house is super clean, sellers forget sometimes that that's a subjective review of the property for a buyer. And so if they just get cold feet, you know, you have 12 offers and someone suddenly, because they offered more, panics. They mm-hmm. can use that inspection to get out. 
at, right. at no cost, right? They'll get everything back. So it's, it's, uh, it's a dicey move. Yeah. We're, we're going to yeah. be watching how that thing finally closes out because we think it might come in at a price below what we offered. Well, I actually spoke with that that agent also, and it's it's uh, it her was first listing ever. First listing <laughs> ever. It was a curious it was a curious conversation because oh, she and, was and curious. This is sort of a testament to picking a good agent who can negotiate and understand the process and everything. Because mm-hmm. you know, when I could get a word in edgewise, she, she was interrupting me about every sentence. She really didn't understand financing. No, she, she was asking questions to me about information contract that was on terms. the contract. Oh, I know. You sent me a text. And I was I like, oh my gosh, why is she of, not calling me? Yeah, that was kind of frightening. <laughs> but um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I was uh, just mentioning a moment ago about how sometimes because of public records, mm-hmm. people tend to be bombarded by certain things. Right. And that's going to kind of segue right into the gentleman that we have sitting here in the studio mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're going to get to that bombarding moment with, here the one in with a the, second. With the black top coat and the big tall hat? Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's totally who we have. Thank you for giving that visual to our listeners. So we have with us today Cameron Smock, who is the president and CEO of Bonnie Watson, which is a, uh, how would you describe it? It is a family-owned, independent company that has the privilege of being the oldest company in Washington State. We provide funeral and cemetery and cremation services to the greater Seattle area. Yeah, so for our listeners out there, don't just turn the dial off. We're going to have a really interesting and wonderful conversation with Cameron today about a topic that we know a lot of people aren't always really comfortable with. And I think it's going to be really informative. Um, And just to give everyone a little bit of point of reference, I was having to tell Eric here in the studio before we started that Cameron and I found each other in the most bizarre way. Speaking of being bombarded, <laughs> correct? That is correct. <laughs> yes. So I get, because I'm a, you know, an entrepreneur and a business owner, so I get lots of phone calls and lots of mail and lots of email and tons of spam and robocalls and all of that. And lo and behold, several months ago, I received this email that I wasn't quite sure if it was a phishing email or not. But there was something about it that made me go... I think it's real. And I contacted my marketing manager, Russ Woods, shout out to Russ, and said, could you please look into this for me and see if these are like real people or someone using this business's name, right? And because I work with a lot of estate sales. And so I found it interesting. I was like, well, you know what? Bonnie Watson, if they're looking for partnerships or anything like that, I, I think I might like to talk to them because I know what happens a lot of times in estates. And you know, so Russ looked into it and he's like, no, no, that guy actually works there. I went, okay. And so then we started some email interactions and then I tried to reach out to your company. I think it was on Facebook actually. And then we eventually got to each other and I thought, I want you on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Cause first of all, I thought what a unique marketing concept. So, so tell our listeners like, so in your organization, you know, you have these, uh, I guess, booklets or something that you hand out to people because at a time that, you know, and, and listeners, I'll just let you know, back on March 30th is the anniversary of when my dad passed away. And I remember personally having to go through this process with my family on what was going to happen with my dad. 
And I had the privilege of being with him uh, in his final days uh, and being with my mom and my siblings and I all helping and trying to do things. And, and this was one of the areas we knew we had to, to face, right? And so when you guys were reaching out to me, and right now we are not marketing partners at this point. I want to let our listeners know this is not an ad. Um, but I loved your concept of, hey, we try and provide resources because people are in this state of mind. I mean, can you give kind of an idea of like why you do what you do that way? Yeah, absolutely. And like you, I've, I've been on the other side of the arrangement process. My mother died very suddenly of cancer around the holidays back in 1995. And like your family, the good news for us is my mother had everything taken care of ahead of time. Mm. So it took a lot of pressure off of my father and my three siblings because we weren't left wondering, I wonder what mom wanted. Right. And so the booklet that you met me through is really a resource that we're creating because what we're finding is more and more families are wanting to consider their options and make some decisions ahead of time. Yeah. You know, one of the criticisms of, of my profession is that we see people at a very vulnerable time. Exactly. And the assumption then is that because of that, we're going to be prone to take advantage of them. And so I feel very strongly that if we can get information in front of a family long before a death ever occurs mm-hmm. so that they can consider their options, and most importantly, they can talk about it with their family, mm-hmm. uh, that's a gift that... that uh, We'll keep on giving. Right. Because. And it truly is a gift because my parents had, at my urging many years ago, done some estate planning, but mostly around, uh, you know, powers of attorney, um, you know, things that they would need for the hospital if something happened, you know, um, but they really did, they didn't get down to this part. And and actually, there was a question even in our family of whether or not my dad being buried was what he really wanted because some other private conversations between family members had perhaps unearthed that actually he preferred cremation. And so it became a, a, it's a much more difficult discussion to have when you're in that emotional moment, right? And sometimes people will give up more um, just trying to keep the peace or, you know, and maybe you're not then honoring the person in the way that they really truly were hoping Right. So it just uh, to me and I kind of love the concept for you, because just like Eric and I doing our classes, the idea of doing those classes and that's a two year certificate. Someone doesn't have to come to a class and want to buy a house right this second. They just want to get prepared and know their options and get educated, you know, because that's even like in my own business. The care philosophy is about conduct, advocacy, representation and excellence. And advocacy for us is also about education, you know, helping people. And giving them, you know, good information so they can make good decisions for themselves and not feel pressured in like the instant that it happens, right? To to know in advance. Absolutely, that's right. So, Cameron, uh, and and I want to touch on a couple of things. Number one, you mentioned earlier that this is the oldest company in Washington State of all companies. Of all companies, yeah. Seriously, all companies, not just your type of company. Correct. Every. Every Who industry, knew? every you just profession. Kind of think back to old Seattle, and the yeah. first, the oh first gosh, thing yeah. to come up is the Undertaker, and that's that's really interesting. Well, yeah, you know what? There's, it, there's some argument about what is truly the oldest profession, but <laughs> yeah, but uh-huh. uh, but on time. 
<laughs> but yeah, we we started in 1868 before Washington became a state. A hundred years before I was be, born. Before <laughs> Seattle became a city. Right. And uh, we started in downtown Seattle. A couple of gentlemen had migrated from the East Coast, and they were carpenters. Mm-hmm. And they were contracted to build furniture and to build coffins and to build homes. And uh, that's well, how it evolved. what a mix. <laughs> Yeah, so they, our founders actually built the original columns that adorned the front of the University of Washington campus, which is now where the Fairmont Hotel sits. And uh, so that's how it started. They built coffins uh, on the side, and then it evolved from there into embalming and full services. And, and Wow. Okay. Sure, this is loud. fascinating stuff. I can't wait for us to come back and cover more of this. That's right. Well, uh, and we're, we are going to be right back. We've got to take a real quick break here, but we've got Cameron Smock with us, President and CEO of Bonnie Watson. We're talking about the subject that everybody's going to need to face at some point. Celebrating in, lives. In their life. That's right. Stay tuned. More Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassad. Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from ericismybanker.com. And today we've got Cameron Smock with us, CEO, President of Bonnie Watson. You celebrating the, lives. That's right, celebrating lives. You put the fun in funeral, right? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, a marketing You've been dying to say that. A marketing manager once tried to get that to be our slogan, and he was not our marketing manager much longer. Oh, boy. gosh, I can totally understand why. She's saying don't quit my day job yet, huh? Yeah. John, Uh rest in peace. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Okay, so before we went on the break, we were discussing, um, you know, one, the very interesting storied history about your company and how it generated. But during the break, you started to tell us a little bit more about what's also unique about your company. Can you share that with our listeners real quick? And then we're going to dive back into kind of that preparation info. Well, as a lot of industries have gone through transition over the last 20 plus years, the funeral and cemetery profession is no different. And so mm-hmm. I think most people assume that they're still small family owned run companies. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, the opposite is true. In our Seattle area, almost all of the funeral homes and cemeteries are owned by out-of-state corporations. Yeah, and so if you're a listener who's ever watched the show Six Feet Under, that used to be on HBO or Showtime, one of those, like, many, many years ago, it's kind of like the struggle (laughs) from that, just very different storylines, I'm sure, behind the scenes. Exactly, (laughs) And And when I say it, it's not good or bad. It's just one of the things that's different about our company is we've been owned by the same three families for over 100 years. We had the corporations coming, knocking on our door, wanting to throw a lot of money our way, but the families that have owned our company are now in their fifth and sixth generation. Which is really rare. It's so great. And blood has been more important than money to them. And so they've stayed with it, and and it's been a luxury for me in my 30-plus years with the company to to have that level of support and that kind of local family ownership. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, we're saying local. You have multiple locations, correct? We do. We have three locations currently. Our primary location is out near SeaTac Airport, mm-hmm. Washington Memorial Park and Mortuary, uh, which includes a 70-acre cemetery property and, and two crematories. Uh, we also have a location in the Rainier Beach neighborhood of Seattle, okay. uh, Southwest Mortuary. And then we have a location down in Federal Way on uh, Dash Point Road and 312. 
what most people are aware of when they hear Bonnie Watson is our flagship location, which was on Capitol Hill mm -hmm. uh, for over 50 years. Uh, we uh, sold that location or that real estate uh, last year, given all of the changing mm -hmm. dynamics with Capitol Hill right. and, and demographics. It, it didn't make sense to continue to operate a funeral home in the core part of the city. Sure. What happened to that location? Do you know? Well, like a lot of redevelopment, uh, they're developing it to its highest and best use. So, uh, it's oh, some people got moved. Uh, well, it was a funeral home only, not a cemetery. Okay, thank so, you, thank you for clarity uh, on that because I'm like, yeah. whoa. Well, yeah. no, because every yeah. once in a while, a cemetery does get moved, and it can be quite uh, jarring for people who have their family members interred, you know, in a certain location. So it's not, not uncommon for no, it to and actually, be done. I learned this and I, as I was getting ready for our 150th anniversary. I was doing some research on our company, and one of the things I learned is that years ago, over 100 years ago, there was a cemetery down by South Lake Union, mm -hmm. and they wanted to redevelop that area, and so they relocated all of the mm -hmm. human remains to uh, a different cemetery, and they contracted with our founders to move all those bodies. And wow. to be as least disruptive as possible, they did it in the middle of the night. Mm. And that's where the term graveyard shift originates from. Oh, what? sure. What? Is my company moving all That's like Skid Row. So yeah. Yeah, that's also a Seattle term. Yeah, that's a Seattle term, too. Yeah. They had a log skid. Yeah, no, I know. They logs down the hill. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. oh, Wow. I had no idea that that yeah. was okay. I'm learning so many interesting factoids. I need to do a trivia show. <laughs> we should eventually do a Team Reboot trivia show oh about all these shows. These, like, these types of facts? That'd be quite the undertaking. Oh. Oh. Ah. Okay. I love it, though. Need, you know, I love puns. Yeah. No. Okay. So let's go back to that preparation discussion, though. So you said. The resource that you guys are trying to develop is meant to help families prepare in advance. And so what kind of things would be inside of that kind of a, a brochure? It's, it's really an informational booklet that not only includes information about the decisions they'll need to make, mm -hmm. not only specific to the funeral and cemetery and crematory decisions, but also just end-of-life planning, whether it's right. financial planning, whether it's tax planning, yeah. et cetera. Do not resuscitate, powers of attorney, exactly. things of that Because there's, there's so much overlap right. between legal questions and financial questions and Completely. tax questions. And so it's really a book that includes a lot of information about all of those different areas. Mm -hmm. And then it also uh, has an opportunity for people to fill out information or to capture information. Mm -hmm. One of the things we experience with A great families, resource to put with your important documents. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. someone will mm -hmm. die and mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're, you know, where did mom put her will? Where that did, is 100% what so I went through. allows them to not only capture information that they'll need, but it also allows them to put down where important documents are stored, et cetera. Yes. And, and a lot of times people are doing that on their computers nowadays. And if you don't already know your family members' passwords, we ran into this to, in my father's case. We couldn't access a lot of his stuff because in their situation, what was unfortunate was my parents were hit by a drunk driver and my dad became brain damaged. And then he couldn't remember any of the passwords and didn't have them anywhere for anyone to access. So my mom lost business information. We lost very important details about mm -hmm. certain accounts. Mm -hmm. 
And and these are the new things people have to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Right? The other thing it does is, you know, one of the things about uh, death in our culture, it's it's a taboo subject. Yeah, which is unfortunate. So there's a lot of, you know, misunderstanding or misinformation about what's required and what's going to happen, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Woody Allen, I think, caught our ambivalence of death best when he said, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> and I agree with him. <laughs> and so what, what we're trying to do is, is give families information ahead of time and really, right. more importantly, getting them to have these discussions with their family. Yeah. Mm. Because what that I hate... That is the most key. What I, what I hate is when I'm sitting across a table from a family, they've just experienced a death, and as a family, they never discussed mm-hmm. what their loved one wanted or didn't want. And right. it puts more pressure on them. And as you can imagine with the dynamic of the different mm-hmm. families now, not everyone agrees on everything. And so when you don't have that yeah. as kind of a guide, mm-hmm. uh, it just it, it adds a level of burden that isn't necessary. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you, I've seen it from my side in the real estate section of it because – what ends up happening when someone passes, and, and I mentioned this, you know, I, I, I did this on purpose in some of the first segments of the show of the com- comments about being bombarded by things. Um, what I do know is that when there is a death, it's a public notice, it's a public record, and there are people out there who they pray. I mean, I know you mentioned like people are concerned that maybe, you know, someone in your line of work might be the person doing that, but the, the good people are the ones who are like us. Where it's like, no, we come at this with a very um, empathic mindset of, no, we're here to help give you guidance and to be an advocate for you during this very difficult time. But there are definitely people out there that their whole business models are around, oh, find them while it's fresh and get in there. And like, and so I have to warn clients of mine going through things like this, hey, by the way, just be prepared. Once this happens, you are going to start getting a lot of phone calls. You're going to be getting mail, phone calls. It's going to become extremely distressing. I've had friends of mine who've had a, you know, a parent pass, and they'll call me and say, can you please call these agents and tell them to stop calling us? Yeah, it can be overwhelming, and it's, it's also you, you, you balance that also with, with family. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I hate to say it, but there's certain families when, when a loved one dies, oh, it all becomes I've, all about the money. Exactly. I, well, and, I had one client in particular that he was the executor, hmm. and he had three siblings, and those three siblings threatened to sue if they didn't all get a certain amount of money out of the house that was to be sold right. as part of the estate. And it was ridiculous because that was actually during the recession when prices were dropping. And, you know, thankfully the parents had called out the, the most kind of uh, together, you know, child uh, to handle to be the executor of the estate. But the other three were horrible with money. And that's why they were doing these threats. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, like I get to see the best and the worst of people sometimes. And that was one of those situations where I got to see the worst. So, Cameron, can you talk a little bit about the process? Let's say somebody hasn't done that preparing. They didn't get your booklet. You know, they're they're coming into this cold. Mm -hmm. How how do you help? What 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 can you do to kind of help through that process? Well, first of all, it's important that we make ourselves available to answer questions before the family makes any sorts of decisions. And we really encourage families to consider their options. First of all, we're not the only funeral home provider or cemetery provider. There are many other providers out there. 
And while we believe very strongly in what we offer families, we want families to have confidence in the decisions they make. And so we encourage families to to call around, ask questions, mm-hmm. and and don't accept answers that aren't willing to make a commitment about what they can and cannot do. The landscape in terms of the profession has changed dramatically because of deregulation. When I got in the profession 35 years ago, to get a funeral establishment license, you needed to have a physical building, you needed to have an arrangement office, a preparation room, etc. Now we have competitors that are operating out of their car and they'll meet you at the local Starbucks store to make arrangements. And again, that's not a good or bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. know who you're dealing with uh, and get your questions answered and then compare. Uh, there is a lot of things, unfortunately, that have to happen when a death occurs in terms of legal documents that need to be completed, death certificates, mm-hmm. social security, veterans documents, those sorts of right. things. And so part of the process is the funeral home helping the family complete all of those kind of legal steps. So that's what I'll call part one. Part two is really then deciding what do you want to do and what are your options. Okay. Well, let's go over some of those when we get back after this little break. Absolutely. We've got Cameron Spock here from Bonnie Watson talking about uh, celebrating life and the end of it and what you need to do and need to know to make that as smooth a transition as possible. Stay tuned for more. Open House with Team Rima on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from ericasmybanker.com. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we've got Cameron Smock with us, president and CEO of Bonnie Watson, the oldest company in Washington State. Yeah. We're learning some amazing information Yeah, thanks today. so much for joining us here today, Cameron. Really, really this glad that you're here. This is I was hoping for. Well, <laughs> this, is, you know, this is a topic that's, that's taboo with, with so many people, but it's oh, one yeah. that it's a conversation that you really need to have. And, in fact, my, my brother and I, we, my, my dad's um, getting up there a little bit, and he keeps trying to have this conversation with, with my brother and I. And, and uh, you know, my dad's like, hey, I need to show you this. I need to show you that. And we're like, ah, we don't want to know. We don't want to know. But – you know, honestly, we, we do, and, and so we've got it all. You know, yeah. we've got things organized and everything. This is important stuff. It, it absolutely, absolutely. Well, and your family is usually so super organized. I would be oh, amazed yeah. that you don't have it's it. It's all you... dialed in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, abs- absolutely. But, you know. Well, it's... okay. So I appreciate what you're saying, but I am going to throw out there, like, my parents did a lot of planning, mm-hmm. but they didn't have their plots in place. Okay. So that was interesting. We'll get to that in a minute. But... Yeah, that, that's right. So, Cameron, just before the break, we're talking about some of the steps you know, that, that you'll take a family through. So the first one, of course, is all the, the legal part of it, the paperwork, you know, making sure all that all that's in order. You know, the next part is really talking about the options uh, available. So, so what's that look like? Well, f- the first rule of thumb is that there's no right or wrong way to do the, um, to make decisions. So as a family, what, what we encourage them to do is to not feel like they, have to do things a certain way because that's their perception of how things are done. Mm-hmm. Literally every family does things a little differently, and there's no mm-hmm. right or wrong way. What's right is what that family wants. And so when we talk about options, it's really our role in a concise, clear way to be able to explain to the family what their options are after we have had a chance to learn a little bit about the unique life of their loved one because then we can make recommendations or 
or share information with them in a way that's not overwhelming. Mm -hmm. We're not there to make decisions for the family. We're there to let them know what their options are, uh, answer questions they have, encourage them to consider things in, in one way or another, and then be a resource for them. And so families range from being very simple to being very elaborate. Mm -hmm. One of the things we feel very strongly about is every life is worth celebrating, whether they're rich or poor, mm -hmm. whether they're male or female, it doesn't matter. And, and there's, there's what's right for them is what's right for them. And so it's not about how much money you're going to spend. It's about what do you want to do to honor the life of your loved one? Right. How can you create a unique celebration that is really going to affirm and honor that life? And how can we help you plan that? That's what our that's what our primary focus is. And and that process is going to involve a, a couple things, I imagine. One would be you know some sort of you know I, I, you could be involved with a, a f the funeral itself. Uh, what about uh, so that's one. Then what about the it's a plot. It could be a burial. It could be a cremation. Is that something that can be done at the last minute, or how, when should people be thinking about? You know, buying that mm -hmm. real estate. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And one of the misunderstandings people have is that that if they choose cremation, and in our area, over seventy five percent of the individuals that die in our area choose cremation. Oh, mm -hmm. really? An assumption that is made though is that if they choose cremation, that that limits their choices, and that's the complete opposite. The family that chooses cremation has the same options that a family chooses that chooses burial. It's what you do before the disposition. So are there going to be any services? The funeral home may or may not be involved in them. Mm -hmm. There's an mm -hmm. assumption that some people make is that for there to be a service, the funeral home has to be involved, and that's not true at all. Mm -hmm. oh. The service can be anywhere, uh, including the family home, and many of the families we work with do that. Mm -hmm. So part of it is deciding you know, what sort of gathering or ritual do you want to do. And then second, what is the type of disposition? Do you want to have traditional burial? Do you want to have cremation or entombment? And then beyond that is then, do you want to have a permanent place? Mm -hmm. Whether you bury the human remains or whether you cremate the human remains, you still have human remains left afterward. Right. And so, for example, in our cemetery, we have a whole range of cremation options from above ground, beautiful glass front niches to mm -hmm. scattering gardens around water fountains to mm -hmm. in-ground burial. And so families have choices. Uh, and, and so we not only try to educate them on the funeral home side, but also on the cemetery side. And again, I'll get back to what I said before, and that is know what your options are. So don't just focus on one place or one cemetery. Mm -hmm. A lot of times families will choose our cemetery because they have heritage there, and it's important to be close to family. Sure. Got it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, that that's not sense. always the case. So right. know what your options are. Consider different, uh, different cemeteries and funeral homes and evaluate. Yeah. And, and then well, make are, choices accordingly. There are many things to evaluate. I mean, I just know from, you know, when my father's passing, it was we did go talk to a couple. You know, and this was in the Midwest, so it's not here. But we did go talk to a few different locations. Um, we also find out that sometimes if you are looking for actual burial, you got to really find out, like, is there even space available? Because many places did not that were kind of within the city limits of where we were um, because they'd kind of built out. Um, but then there were some other places that did. And then I found out the 
odd truth that apparently there are sometimes burial plots available on Craigslist, <laughs> you know, like for people yeah. who change their minds because people do. Like maybe someone gets remarried and decides they'd prefer a burial lot somewhere else or um, maybe, you know, like in the case of my grandparents, they're in one town, but it was like, but no one in the immediate family would probably ever drive to that place anymore to go if they wanted to, you know, sit with my dad, you know, so to speak. Right. So there's a lot. And of course with lots of blended families nowadays, all of that kind of comes into play. So, um, yeah, I'm so glad that we have you on here talking about this because there's so many considerations. Yeah, there really are. And, and, and the thing is, is to not get overwhelmed. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. because of the, the situation with death and our culture, there's a stigma that's attached to it. But Mm -hmm. one of the things we just really try to encourage families is to, is to take their time, be thoughtful in considering their options. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't make a decision you're not comfortable with. Right. Uh, And most decisions don't have to be made today or tomorrow. So even if they haven't planned ahead, Mm -hmm. there is still plenty of time. There's no legal requirement that things happen to have happen within you know, a short period of time. So the Mm -hmm. families have the time they want. It's our responsibility to Mm -hmm. help them understand what their options are, help to guide them, answer their questions, and then then hopefully they'll make decisions that they're comfortable Mm -hmm. with because they're going to have to live with them for a lifetime. Right. Now, I I didn't know that. So if if we lose a loved one, is there – I always thought you had to move, like, right away. Like, you got a week or, or something like that. Is that. That's not the case then, yeah? It's not the case. Uh, and, and quite frankly, what we try to do sometimes is slow families down because mm-hmm. sometimes when they're rushing, they're not fully thinking through yeah. what is best for them and what they want. Sure. And so one of the things we do from the first call that we're notified that someone has died is to try to slow down the process so that they can catch their breath, that mm-hmm. as a family they can come together. If they didn't have the conversations before, take some time now and have conversations with each other. Explore what you think you want. One of the things, too, is to balance the different interests. I remember for years my father telling me he was a Depression-era uh, mm-hmm. person, and, and he told me, you know, Cameron, just when I die, just, you know, be very simple. and mm-hmm. and. Pine box it. <laughs> Pine box it. And I finally got up the courage one day to say, Dad, you know, one of the things that you have to understand is that when you die, it's obviously important for us to honor your wishes. Right. But what you have to understand is that those of us who are left, our needs are going to be different than yours at that point. And so we have to balance those. Mm-hmm. We certainly don't want to not honor your wishes, but you have to let us do things in a way that's going to meet our emotional needs right. because of the grief and the yeah. sense of loss and so forth. And grieving so it's really, is different for everybody. It absolutely yeah, is. So it's sure. really a balancing between what what the deceased wanted and what the wants and needs of the family are. Mm-hmm. Cameron, if somebody wants to reach you, what's the best way? Best way to reach me is uh, my direct line, uh, area code 206-277-5401 or csmock. S-M-O-C-K at BonnieWatson.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I hope this is informative for everybody. Join us again next. For more information, you can also go to BonnieWatson.com. There you go. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba.
here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of EricIsMyBanker.com.